Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Kelcho Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this Tuesday evening, huh? Oh, we're it's 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 Christmas week. It's festive. I, 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 put, I put I put lights. I'm actually a little disappointed that they didn't come through. Did you see this? I see I see them. I see them. They're there. Right. I bet you if you turn out the main lights, you could really see them, but then you'd be dark, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Purpose, so yeah, we're trying to, you know, just trying to get in the Christmas spirit a little bit, you know. There you go. Volume down on my computer here because of course our our uh, our uh, little background here on the and the for people on YouTube they can see it's a little bit Christmas theme, right? It's green yeah. and red there, so there you go. Yeah, we're in yep. the spirit. Yep, we got a we we've got we've got that going for us. So uh, certainly uh, certainly excited about uh, the upcoming and big plans for you i mean it's kind of difficult to to do all of this you know with the with the pandemic it's that uh, you know we got to i guess we got to kind of get creative with things so yeah yeah uh, shout out to miguel ciao miguel i see you in the chat uh yeah it's we're gonna keep it pretty quiet um obviously not too many things you can do things with, with it being more ramped up now it's more just about you know we'll just keep it local um and you know yeah then keep it at that we'll maybe do some virtual parties or something like that but yeah uh, how about you um, well, my mom turns 70 on Christmas Eve, so I want to start by saying happy birthday to yeah, my mother. Happy birthday. Um, and uh, we are proceeding with uh, getting together at her house. Um, everybody has uh, stayed healthy, so Good. Uh, knock on wood that we can continue to stay healthy and uh, be able to have a nice 70th birthday uh, for her. And we have a, a couple of surprises for her when we uh, when we get there. So, I mean, we can't do the um pandemic uh birthday drive-by honking or we decided not to seeing that it was christmas eve i don't think anybody wants to really do that <laughs> so or put a big 70 in the front of our house but we came up with a couple yeah. of uh couple of fun little ideas and awesome. yeah day day of we'll chill out here um have a family christmas kids will open what they got from santa and and go for that uh my mom's birthday is on Christmas Day. Well, happy birthday oh, to your mother birthday. again. So happy yeah, birthday. a lot of December birthdays. My niece turned. Yeah. Uh, my niece had her birthday. My my little brother had his birthday. My mom, my mom has a birthday. It's just it's nuts. Uh, we've got uh, Liam von Lickwick. Hello, I am a Juve fan. I am mad from the match from today. Juve must have had three pens, and Fiorentina must have had at least one red card. Well, well we will get to that. That's uh, it's a juicy game. It's a, certainly a juicy game for sure. Juve just had a bad day all the way around. Yeah, um, Amen is on here. You know, big shout out to him. And he said, you know, he's he's letting us know uh, just Juve. We had him on the podcast recently. Uh, Giuseppe reached ten thousand on YouTube. So congratulations, Giuseppe! Uh, fantastic uh, mark to reach. Uh, we hope to reach that someday soon. But uh, we're following in your footsteps. So baby steps, baby steps. We baby just got steps. this. We just got this YouTube channel going just yeah. recently. Still and- figuring this out. We can barely spell it. Yep, yep, yep. We we if if we can spell it in the search, I think that that's enough of a you yeah, know yeah. that's enough for us right now. That's all. That's all that should be expected. Like you said, baby so, steps. So, uh, you know, so if you're in the chat, uh, we appreciate it. Drop your questions, drop your comments on uh, what on our takes or on uh, uh, you know any questions that you might have. More importantly, subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel if you're new. Drop a like, uh, helps us out tremendously. Um. And, uh, you know, we're trying to, uh, to, to grow this, um, 
facet of Serie A sit down. So of the Serie A sit down brand. So uh, we'd like to try to get it up to speed with uh, what we've done with the uh, um, with the uh, podcast levels, which have been which have been really good. Uh, So. Uh, and we we appreciate everybody. First of all, I want to wish and, and and let me take this opportunity to wish a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday to everybody listening uh, to our podcast. It has been a very challenging year for everybody on all different sorts of levels and uh, one we've never seen. And, you know, we, let, let's may we hope that 2021 brings us back to anything that comes remotely close to what we used to think was normal. Yeah, 100 percent. I think it's been a difficult year for many people. There's very few people that had actually better good years, and so uh, I know I for one am happy to see 2020 go out the door and bring in 2021. So, yeah, let's bring it on, and uh, hopefully the calcio gets even better. I mean, yeah. uh, it's gonna be hard to top 2020, but uh, in terms of calcio, but yeah, I, I I can see that it's coming around the corner, and uh, a lot of teams are starting to position themselves. The table is starting to look a little bit more open. Can't get uh, yeah, can't get any worse, and uh, can't be any more open. And it got a little more open today, Richard, with news uh, that the courts overturned uh, the decision to award Juventus the three nil forfeit win over Napoli and and docking Napoli a point. Um, it sounds like um, Agnelli certainly not going to appeal that, um, and everybody's going to move forward. He might, you never know, but it. it the story is, is that he may not. Um, the real Don Agnelli is not planning on appealing it. I don't think uh, <laughs> well, he, so. he's, worried, he's worried about another 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 race that he lost to Romeo Agresti in the uh, Juve uh, poll that they had recently. So uh, he's worried about that right now. I think. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. All sorts of all sorts of losing going around going on with him. I mean, yes, and I understand. Look, look, I and and listen. I've tried to actually just as this has gone on, I've just tried to steer toward being neutral here because I'm. You know, I'm not a fan of either team. I I I, I respect both teams. I respect uh, both fan bases. But um, you know, and I agree. You know, and, and and I'm getting Liam's point of view. I'm getting the Just Juve point of view. We had Giuseppe on explaining his point of view. The Juventus folks did nothing wrong uh, in their approach. Um, you know, but at this and they did what the protocol suggested. The teams all got together. They all sat down with what the rules are going to be. But then you have an instance here now where the law is stepping in or a local ordinance is stepping in. And it just, there's just so many different things that went on with this, Richard. And I think at the end of the day, I think it was just like, all right, let's just exercise common sense. And for the spirit of sport, there's, there's no forfeit that should be going on here. You know, let's uh, let's, let's be practical and let's get on it. Let's get on with it. And let's actually have these two teams playing this game. Yeah, you especially two teams of this level. You would want to see them really fi- uh, fight the result out on the pitch as opposed to you know and uh, on the you know back room or whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think with another good takeaway to take is that Syria and FIGC and everybody in in the Italian government needs to come to consensus about who ha- who is the higher ranking in this, who overrules who, because uh, I think that's still the gray area and. We've seen it time and time again that Serie A continually falls short on many aspects where they should be hitting a home run. A races is one. This is another thing. Uh, so I think that's probably the biggest tell out of all this. Um, it is a difficult yeah. call, and I, and I was not surprised. I mean, ultimately, I, I can see why. Um, I'm I, I'm happy with the result. That's gonna be the game's gonna be actually played because I kind of want to. I really do want to see these two teams play and see how they would do it because two fantastic uh you know believe it or not katusa is a tactician uh to see him and pirlo go at it head to head and those and both those two great teams 
Um, it looks like January 13th is going to be when they play. So, yeah, it's, yep. it's difficult. I can see point of views from both the Juve side, the Napoli side, you know, as a neutral. Honestly, I just want to see them play. Uh, and I don't really care, you know, as long as that's that's how it gets hashed out, you know. Yep. Ian, Fer- Ian Ferraro, ciao. Um, and uh, Hakeem, uh, welcome. As an Inter fan, I'm about to sleep <laughs> very well tonight. Um, yeah, yeah. Inter, uh, yeah, you sleep until tomorrow where you got to play Hellas Verona. That's going to be a heck of a game. So, uh, you know, to uh, to get things kicked off. Uh, so, all right. Well, um, as it pertains to what happened on the pitch, uh, you know, to, to add to the misery, uh, Juventus nil, Fiorentina three. Where did yeah. this come from with Fiorentina? An early goal uh, by Dusan Vlaovic after a nice little uh, slide pass from deep from Frank Ribery. Um, Nathan Araya, Juventus lost six points today. Let's see. Listen, <laughs> the title of this episode is Juventus had a bad day, and we're not going to just spend the whole time piling on Juve. But, you know, uh, I, I understand. All right. Um, but anyway, um, so let's get on with it. Uh, Vlaovic scores, and, and Vlaovic does what what happens when when you don't score a lot? You slide like shit. Did you see him try to slide? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what <laughs> so, that was. I don't yeah, know. and and he it was like kind of a he slid and then a knee and then he turned sideways and I did. That's something like I would do. <laughs> you know when you don't when you don't score enough, you don't get enough practice at doing that little slide celebration, that's and right. that's the that's the result that you get. So, so Ronaldo has a down pat, right? Yeah, he does. He certainly does. Well, he doesn't even he doesn't even slide. He 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 Not does anymore. the yeah. dump and ooh, and, you know that kind of thing. Mm. So my my son's doing that around the house now. Oh gosh, <laughs> hurts my ears. Um, uh, but uh, Juventus's bad day would go worse. Uh, Juan Cuadrado uh, trying to go for a ball that got away from him, uh, sliding into Castrovilli. Clearly. Studs up very high. Initially was a yellow. Yeah. Uh, VAR had to step in and take a look at this. That's a red card all day long. I have seen that get called a red card all day long. And, yeah. and Quadrado had no complaints. Um, so he was off. Juve was down to 10. Uh, you know, to Liam's point, the ref was stupid. I don't know if he was necessarily stupid, but Ronaldo should have been given a penalty. I can't remember what half it was. Brought down the penalty area by Castrovilli. Um, uh, but then... Uh, Alexandro uh, putting one in his own net does not help matters. And then it was uh, Casares scoring a third. Um, Juve must have had three penalties. I'm not sure I, I about that. See two. I can definitely see two. Like the the, the yeah. Ronaldo one that you mentioned where he got taken down the box by Castrovilli. That I think that was a penalty. I don't know why VAR didn't step up in that. Another one where you could say it was a potential penalty was the play where um, – uh, Bernadeschi is going for the ball, and Dragowski sticks out his arm and, and kind of elbows him. They're both going for the ball, but sure. Dragowski does stick out his elbow. So I can see that one. That's the only two that I saw. It should have been penalties either way. At that point, with the Ronaldo one, it would it could have been 1-1 one, one at that point. It was only a yep. one-up game at that point. So, yeah, there's some interesting calls with the referee in this one. Uh, I made that tweet out that uh, Juve got juve in this game because all the calls were going against Juve, it seemed like. But, you know, full credit to Fiorentina. They did what they had to. Casadas got a goal, like you mentioned. Um, and so much need to win for Prandelli. It's the first time, uh, first win for him this season. So um, good for Fiorentina. Maybe this is a, a sign that they can start getting, getting going, you know? George, George, when, d- 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 gangsters, shh, shh. <laughs> you never openly talk about the existence of this thing. Didn't you remember from the Sopranos and Philly Hattardo said that? That's right. What's up, George? 
Hey, good to see, good to see you, George. Happy holidays, my friend. Yes, sir. Um, so, uh, you know, Fiorentina benefiting from some fortune here. I'm not ready, you know, and, uh, you know, as it pertains to them, I mean, this is a, a much needed pickup for them and for yeah. Cesare Prandelli. They needed yeah. something. They needed to get something going, um, you know, uh, but uh, a 3-0 win for La Viola, uh, you know, getting them out of a little bit of trouble for now. But um, but it's it's you know, it's what it is. Um, I don't know if this is a springboard for better things for Fiorentina, but boy, this is a badly needed three points. I think that, you know, Juve on the day, uh, you know, if they get through this whole thing with 11 men, I think this result gets a little bit different. Um, that obviously had a lot to, you know, had a lot with, um, Juve's plans and obviously a guy like Quadrado who you rely on in dead ball situations and things like that, not having him and having to having to restructure and do things, uh, you know, makes it a little bit difficult. So uh, but credit to Fiorentina, a big win for them. Yeah, yeah it's good for them, especially that they got Bologna on the horizon. That's another game that could they could potentially win. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, they're, they're, we've been saying it for so long. They're so under underperforming for years now, it seems like uh, they brought back an old hat, hoping that he can pull back some magic. Um, and it hadn't happened yet, but I mean, in this game, it took a little bit of luck on their end. Um, some questionable calls. I mean, obviously the red card with Cuadrado, that's that's for sure. Uh, there's a play that Castrovi, uh, I think it was Castrovilli or Varela, somebody uh, should have had two yellows in the game. Uh, you can argue that, I guess, too, also for Juventus' sake. But uh, nonetheless, you know, Dragowski came up big. Fiorentina took their chances well. Uh, they got the result that they needed, and uh, you know. Good for Fiorentina to finally get a win. A, a difficult win against some rivals. You can call this a Casares Derby if you want. He play, used to play for Juventus. Um, but it's nice to see, you know, maybe they can finally get some traction here, uh, Fiorentina, and start marching up. We've been saying this every, almost every other week, it seems like. So let's see what happens. This is a big win for them. Big, big game, big rivalry game for them. So uh, we'll see. And, uh, you know, I don't think this will hurt Juventus too much. I feel like come back with a vengeance and just beat somebody else. They looked really good against Parma in the midweek last week or whatever. I mean, we had so many ma- games in the in the last since our last podcast. It's hard to keep track which yep. week we're on anymore. You know? Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Crotone two, uh, Parma one. Um, Messias with a brace. His second was brilliant. Uh, yeah. a, a beautiful chip. Um, his first was actually pretty good too. A good turn yeah. and finish. So, yeah. you know, this guy's coming on like gangbusters for Crotone in terms of uh, you know, you know, in terms of helping them out and helping them secure some points. I mean, they're still sitting on the drop on nine points, but they're starting to starting to put it together just a little bit, starting to score a couple goals here and there, um, starting to make things uncomfortable. I think that's about as much as we have to say about that game. Parma falling all the way to 16th all of a sudden um, in some real trouble. have conceded 25 goals in 14 games. Leave it on any tactics. Um, so He's not going to be – I mean, he might get Panatoni for Christmas, but uh, he might not see New Year's. Yeah, he may not. He may not. We'll have to see. So, uh, but we have some very tasty games, Richard, uh, on Wednesday. Actually, eight games all together. Um, and, that means something uh, for you, though, too, doesn't it? What's that? I said, that means something for you because you're Mr. Uh, DraftKings over here. Yeah, DraftKings coming out and doing a, uh, a City A slate tomorrow. Uh, Seven-game slate. Um, the top contest in tournaments, uh, $15 entry for a chance to win two grand. Not bad. Not bad bad at all. Uh, But uh, let's look at the games, you know, in terms of kind of previewing them, but also I can 
you know, talk about them from a, you know, from a little bit of a draft DraftKings perspective, a sneak peek of if big you games, so, big games for sure. I, the game that's not on the slate is the early game Verona and Inter Milan. Oh, um, that's a big game. That is a huge game. Um, it is a test of Inter's credentials going on the road. A Verona team that's very feisty. Yeah, uh, doesn't give up a lot defensively. I'm, you know, I'm looking at Inter bossing this game from a possession standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, where Verona are going to try to hit them on the break and they're going to try to counter. I just think Inter are going to be a tick too strong for Verona. Um, I think they win by a goal. I mean, it's going to be a close match. I think Verona will score. Um, you know, I think that we are looking at a 2-1 uh, kind of scoreline uh, in favor of Inter if, uh, if, if, if I'm looking at this correctly. So um, that's probably where I would uh, – that's probably where I would lean if I'm uh, looking at uh, making a prediction on this game. Uh, I like uh, I like both teams. Both teams are playing well. Inter's playing very well as of late. They've got, what, six wins in a row or something crazy like that. Uh, Hakimi's playing lights out. And obviously, Lukaku is a, is a main is a main threat there. Uh, but Hellas, don't overlook them. I mean, the, their defense is stellar. Uh, Silvestri's been fantastic again uh, this year as, as he was last year. They're a team that you know thrives on the counterattack and, and trying to get you when you least expect it. Um, yeah. I would not be surprised at a draw. I, from a Milan perspective, it would be uh, a, a really great result there. Do I think they can win? Sure, but I don't think that's you know reasonable considering the, the run that Inter are, are on at the moment. So I'm going to say I'm gonna say a score draw, score draw. Yep, yep. Okay, score draw for you. I got Inter yeah. nicking it. I'll go 2-1 to them. So, And, of course, since I picked Rimalu Lukaku to be Capocani, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm picking him. I'm, call, I'm uh, backing him for a brace tomorrow. Oh, so, okay, okay. Um, uh one's one will be a penalty uh so all right so the seven games that we that are going to be all at uh 245 eastern time 145 central uh milan hosting lazio bologna hosting atalanta napoli hosting torino roma hosting cagliari sampdoria hosts sassuolo spezia hosting genoa and udinese hosting benevento the big one right now uh looking at all of these milan lazio uh Lazio with a confidence boosting win over Napoli at the weekend, which we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, Milan getting a much needed win against a uh, Sassuolo on the road. You know, we keep talking about this as much as we love them. Milan are going to lose a, a Serie A game at some point. Is this the time? Uh, Liam hopes so. It looks like from a UA perspective, right? Um, yep. And Inter probably would want that as well. It, 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 if there's a good a chance that Lazio Lazio struggled a lot this season in Serie A, and if there's a time for them to to nip a win uh, against a top opponent, it would be this this game here. Uh, it could be a catch for Milan. Obviously, not have having some key players out of the game is going to make it difficult. But what we've seen with Milan is uh, the youngsters have come to play. They've uh, even even while while some of the veterans are gone, uh, they're still feasting. Um, and so this is going to be a very difficult game. I think it's it's going to come down to the tactics in this one between Pioli and, and uh, Simone Inzaghi. Uh, can Milan find a way to stop the attack from Lazio? Um, are they going to find a way to um, crowd, you know, SMS and Luis Alberto and that midfield from Lazio and then and, and vice versa? What can, what can Lazio do to prevent the wide play from Milan? Obviously, Teo is a big threat. Obviously, Calabria is having a, a great season as well. Um, and a lot of their game comes from the counterattack. We saw a lot of goals that come from the counterattack with this. And uh, <laughs> uh, Liam says, I don't want AC Milan so far, man. 
Milano Miguel says, I mean, Anissia bracing for a loss, but anything can happen. That's right. And I think some people thought from the Milan camp that, you know, they would lose against Asuolo, and we saw what happened there, goal real early. We'll get to that game, but they played well. Um, and so this is going to be an interesting game. I don't think Lazio wins in this one, but it's a, I think a, a draw in this one is probably going to, I hate saying draws, but, you know, when it, just like you say, when you can't figure out who's going to win the game, it's probably going to be a draw. And that's, I'm going to go with this again. And probably both, both Milan clubs are going to walk away with the point out of this one. Two, 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 you're thinking on this one? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think so. I think yep. so. Enough pieces yep. are missing for both teams that I can see goals. Yep. And Reyna's in goal again. Uh, you know, kind of a narrative game for him. Uh, chance to, you know, against the, but he's not a very vengeful man, I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the thing that concerns me for Milan for this is the is is who's in the double pivot in in midfield. Because um, when you take a look at, you know, right now if you look at Sofa Score, they're projecting Chalhanolu and Krunic, and that's going to be a big big problem. Yeah, because Tonali's uh, questionable. Kessie's out with the double yellow or the yellow card limit. Uh, ben Acer is still out. Um, so yeah, I don't know who you put in there. Um. um Pioli is saying that uh, Tonali has a small thigh issue, um, but has a chance to feature. Um, Kessie suspended, Benacer hurt. Uh, perfect world is that you can come up with, you know, uh, a combination of uh, Chalhanolu and Tonali. Krunica, yeah, he's he's pretty difficult to trust. I agree with you, Miguel. You know, and we're we're looking at um, Salamakers. Diaz and Hauga behind Leao. Uh, this is what this is what uh, SofaScore projects for a starting lineup for them. That's pretty adventurous. Yeah, um, and that's going to leave them open. I think the key um, is going to be uh, the uh, again, much like it was in the Milan derby, um, Lazzari versus Teo uh, is yeah. is going to be. You know, can Lazzari get forward and you know, keep Teo from progressing. Cause I think what you're going to see, I think you'll see Calabria staying home a lot. You know, they're going to want to keep some guys behind the ball when you've got the threat of Immobile, you've got the threat of Caicedo, Luis Alberto coming forward. Um, it's going to, you know, Kalulu and Romagnoli are not going to be able to hold it together by themselves. So there's going to need to be some balance back there. Yeah. Uh, the, the two fullbacks can't just go flying forward in this yeah. game. But can Teo get away with it a little bit in certain situations? And can he can he keep Lazzari at home? Um, you know, that that I think is going to be one of the key. Uh, I think that piece is going to be difficult, too. Obviously, you don't have the normal the normal three in that midfield there that you normally operate out of there. And so on set pieces, you know, having a big threat like Sergei Milinkovic-Savic out there and, and you know, Acherby coming up on the play and, and some other guys who can head the ball, who's going to help? The Cherby won't be available tomorrow. Okay, well, at least there's that. But there's still some guys who can head the ball in, in, on a set-piece situation, and you can't just rely on uh, Romagnoli to try to figure this out, maybe Kalulu, but you need some other guys. You need the midfield players to be in there, and a strong guy like Kessier or, or Tonali is not going to be there to help you. So you know, sure. whoever plays in those positions are going to have to step up big to you know stop that uh, big threat coming off the corner kicks specifically. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, it, I, I think it's a score draw here. Um, you know, it's just, it's just because I, it's the old adage, don't mess with a streak and probably the easiest way to not mess with it is to, to give each team a point, but this is, you know, it's a Lazio team that have been opportunistic. They've taken advantage of teams that have been, that have been weakened and they've, 
they've gone through, whether they've gotten a point or whether they've gotten three points, be it in this in, in Serie A or in Champions League. So, um, AC Milan fans, who do you hate more, Lazio or Roma? I really don't hate either of them. No, so I, I, I hate. Well, no, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, no, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, I really don't hate either of them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's you know, I, I I feel sorry for Roma. Um, yeah. you know, more than anything. Because they should, you know, I think that they, uh, you know, as a big Italian club, they've been, they've been massive underachievers through the years. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, for um, sure. So, and then, uh, you know, looking at this, uh, just to have some fun with it, um, DraftKings, like I said, seven game slate with all of the 245 Eastern games. Right. Um, And I said, $15, $15 entry. And I'm not, you know, gamble responsibly. There's some smaller contests too if you want to do that. But uh, there's tournaments here, fifteen dollar entry uh, for a chance to win two thousand bucks. So uh, I might have to play that then, huh? Yeah, I've I've uh, I've I've reserved uh, I've reserved some spaces. So basically, to try to give you an idea for those of you that might want to try to play this tomorrow, I'll try to steer you, steer you in the right direction of on a on a few plays here, um, without going into too much detail now. Um, one of the things you want to look at is, uh, where are the goals going to be? Because goals are 10 points and you get the shot on target, which is another two points. Assists are six points. And then you get another point for what they call a key pass, which is a, basically a pass that created a shot. Um, okay. Okay. So, you know, uh, goalkeeping is kind of a, and on a slight like this, when I'm taking a look at it, all right, the. Bet365 has the over two and a half uh, odds on this. And the only game where it's the only game where it's, you know, going over two and a half, the odds are, um, you know, kind of on the plus side is the Udinese Benevento game. Um, You know, all of the other ones, the, you know, uh, Milan Lazio going over two and a half goals is at eight to 11. Bologna Atalanta, it's at eight to 15. Um, Napoli Torino, it's one to two. Okay. Uh, Roma Cagliari, four to 11. Sampdoria Sassuolo, eight to 11. Spezia Genoa, 10 to 11. So basically, what they're telling you is that uh, the odds makers are expecting a lot of goals tomorrow, which is good for all of us when we watch the games. Um, you know, but if you're trying to take advantage of this in DraftKings, do you try to stack teams, you know, where you're trying to get the guy who scored and you're trying to get the guy who got the assist, or do you? try to pile this up with, with, with guys that you think are going to score. So I must, I, I, I stack more than, than I, than I try to go for one, you know, singles of players from each team and the best place to the best team to probably stack, according to the odds makers, if you're going strictly by that is going to be Roma um, at home against Cagliari. Um, It starts with Aiden Jekyll only being 8,100. Um, and I would imagine I haven't looked at his anytime goal scoring odds, but they've got to be pretty damn good. Um, and I would imagine he has, a, without even looking, he's got a pretty good record against Cagliari. So for 8,100, where by comparison, when you're looking at some of these other forwards that are going to potentially be on the slate, Insigne is 10,900. By the way, this is salary cap for those that have not are not familiar. You get 50,000 to spend. There's two forwards, two midfielders, two defenders, a goalkeeper, and then a utility, which is any position player, not a goalkeeper. So, um, ciao, Liam. Ciao, ciao, Liam. Happy holidays. Thanks for joining us. All right. So, I'll try to be fast with this because we got a lot of other stuff to cover. Um, 
so Insigne is coming in at 10,900. Luis Muriel is 10,700, and he may not even start. Um, Fernando, Fernando Llorente is coming in at 9,500, and he's hardly played. Jeez. Uh, Chiro Immobile is 9,300, and that's not terrible um, against a Milan team that's going to be weakened. Yeah. Um, you know, people may go for it just because of the brand name. Andrea Bellotti at 9,100 against at Napoli is going to be really hard for me to do. Yeah. Um, Ilicic is 8,700. If he starts after the game he just had against Roma, uh, against the Bologna team that's really struggling to get it get it together defensively, Atalanta is another place people love to go because they score a lot of goals. Yep. But to try to pay for, um, to try to pay for uh, Insigne at ten thousand nine hundred, which he'll take a ton of shots, he'll do a ton of crosses. You know, Ilicic is coming in at eighty seven, and I haven't even seen Duvan Zapata. Duvan Zapata is eight thousand. So you could stack Ilicic and Duvan Zapata pretty comfortably versus trying to jam in Lorenzo and Senye. So these are the decisions that you make when you're building these things. You know, so 87 and 8, that's 16-7. Or you could go Roma, Mkhitaryan, and Jekko is 16-9. The combination of them is 16-9. Or if you think the assist for Jekko comes out wide, well, Spinazzola is not going to play. He's He's out, but... Bruno Perez at 5,600 if you don't want to play Mkhitaryan, you know, and then you've got a cheap piece of a, of a big favorite that is going to get get you going to cross the ball a lot, you know, and then also possibly have Aiden Jekyll getting on, getting his head on one of those crosses. Yeah. So, you know, those are, that's a little bit of a capsule of how it works. Now, um, if you look at the most expensive players overall, Insigne, like I said, is ten thousand nine hundred, um, and Muriel is ten thousand seven hundred, which is ridiculous because he hardly he hardly plays reg- he, pl- he he doesn't yeah. play regularly enough for that to be to be worth it. Um, Domenico Berardi is ten thousand two hundred in a game where Sassuolo ought to have, even though they're at Sampdoria, they ought to have a large amount of possession, which means he's going to cross a lot, he's going to shoot a lot, he's going to create yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, Rodrigo de Paul against Benevento is in a very good spot at 9,900. So that's the other decision you have to make. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to overly confuse everybody here, but too late. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, these are the expensive guys that make it very, very difficult. So then you got to go and look for cheap how guys. Much is, how much is like a guy like Ronaldo? How much is he? Cristiano? Well, he's not on this slate. Um, okay. But okay. on Champions okay. League slates, he's been between eleven and twelve thousand. Okay. So just by comparison. Right. But if you're looking for some cheap goal scorers that have potential, Kevin Lasagna is only sixty eight hundred in a game against Benevento yep. against that's a team that gives up goals. Yep. You know, that's another one. Um, you know, if you want to stack Sassuolo against Sampdoria, which many people might not do, you got Berardi at ten two, and if Caputo plays, he's eighty three. Um, Boga is only fifty eight. You know, so that's where you start getting into the team aspects of it and you try to find some of these guys. So my suggestion, if you're going to play, Roma's probably, you know, looking at this tonight, and I could change my mind tomorrow when I see the lineups. Sure. Roma's probably my favorite stack at home against Cagliari. Um, You know, and then after that, I would say Atalanta's up there. Um, And I somewhat like... uh, I somewhat like Sassuolo. It's going to be hard for me to stack all three of those teams. Um, but my my suggestion would be is that my strategy will be I'll 
I'll stack three, probably two to three players from the two teams I like the most, and then I'll have fillers um, okay. the rest of the way. Goalkeeper, I'm going to be goalkeeper. I'm going to go cheap because there's going to be so many goals that you you know when you pay for Mirante, for example, for Roma or Paulo Lopez, they're the most expensive goalkeepers on the board because Roma's the biggest favorite, and you're paying in hopes that he gets you a shutout and a win. Right. Um, if that doesn't happen, uh, you're screwed. You know, Ospina's up there at 5,800. He could see a lot of shots from Torino, you know, but you go down. Musso at 54 is not bad. If you think Donnarumma's going to get shelled against Lazio at 53, that's not bad either, but you want to go down a little bit further. Um, and the places I don't hate, I don't hate, I like Consigli at for 4,900. And do, 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 do. and I don't hate the idea of Mattia padding at 4,500 against Spezia. Hmm. Spezia keeps the ball. They shoot a lot, but they don't score a whole heck of a lot. And Geno's going to have a new manager too. Yep. Who's coming in? Is it Ballardini? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know it's not Maran. Maran's not eating a panettone? No panettone from Maran. No panettone. I mean, if you and if you really want to get adventurous and go really cheap at goalie, uh, Vanya Milinkovic Savic, who just had a nice game against Bologna, is only hmm. thirty seven hundred or thirty eight hundred, and then Cranio for Cagliari is only thirty seven hundred. If you think Roma only win like one zero, but Cranio has to make like eight or nine saves, you oh, know that's, that's what you're that's what you're hmm. that's what you're hoping for by by making a play like that. So. Um, but you want to go where the goals are going to be, and there's going to be goals all over the place. It's just a matter of just trying to – I would piece two to three guys from the team that you like the most. You know, Don't go for all the expensive guys because they all don't go off. you got to be smart about it. You know, there. there was one name on that slate that you did not mention. Um, and that's a guy who was left off last game. He's probably left off this next game. I'm talking about Papo Gomez. Uh, they left him off for that Roma game, and uh, he's probably not going to get some action against uh, – uh, their opponent uh, coming up tomorrow. So um, interesting situation there. We, you know, he's someone who we think uh, could move. It's potential. I mean, we don't want to see him move, obviously, but you know, not play, playing him against one of the best teams in the league is is an interesting call by Gasparini. Obviously, they have the talent to overcome that. Uh, what's your take on the whole Papu Gomez situation? Well, DraftKings still has him listed as out. But you know, it's based. He was he was left out of the squad for Roma, and maybe he did not make the trip to Bologna either. Yeah. Um, so be my guess that he would miss it as well. But based off you know not playing him against Roma, I think he's done. You know, he, it's. Um, I think he's. I think you know it's getting more and more evident. I think it's a it's a situation where. You know, he's obviously been. No, I wouldn't say obviously, but he's been the signature player yeah. for this Atalanta team in this run that they've been on. And so it's kind of un almost unfathomable that, that this is all happening. But um, it's, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it, it's kind of surprising because, I mean, I think that, you know, they had a great player coach relationship, but at the same time, I think Gasparini has leverage to do what he's doing right now because he has Ilicic back and healthy and he has Ruslan Malinovsky. He's going to get Alexi Miranchuk back. He's got 
guys there that are ready to step up and be the next Papu Gomez. Mateo Piscina has been playing really well for them too. Yep. Um, you know, when he's been called upon. So Atalanta for me, um, I think have the leverage and it's, you know, I, uh, I hate to say it, but I, I think that Papu's days are numbered. Um, I, it's a, it's a really, really messy way that this is potentially ending. Yeah. That's what I don't like about it, yeah, you know, yeah. and considering what he has meant to Bergamo um, and what every, what the people of Bergamo have been through with this pandemic, you know, to see this happening with, with one of their heroes, you know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a believer that no one's bigger than the club though. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, and, and, you know, time beats all of us, too. He's in his 30s. You know, how much longer is he going to play? Atalanta have taken the opportunity, and they've gotten and gotten the players that are going to be the next Papu. Yeah. So, I, you know, if they move on from him, I won't be – you know, I'm to a point now where I won't be surprised. And I think that dust-up between the two of them in the Champions League at, against Michelin is a big indicator of, uh, of where that relationship is at. Yeah, and I'm sure it started before then, uh, for sure. Uh, it can't be just that game because it is pretty petty by both of them if that's how it is. But uh, I think you're right. I think you know Atalanta are ready to move on. They got plenty of talent that they don't need him there. Um, would they like to have him? Absolutely. But you know, are they going to be sorry that he's gone? No, because they got plenty of guys like you said are ready to step up. Ilicic's, Ilicic, after this last game, seems like he's almost back the way he he was last season. And the guys you mentioned are ready to step up. They got you know they got another goal scorer can't even get in the starting lineup. Luis Miguel. Uh, who's chomping at the bit too? So maybe they find a way to squeeze him in there. So, yeah, I think Atalanta going to come away the better out of all this. So you know he could he could move, and there's you know a lot of big suitors, uh, both in Serie A and also outside like PSG. So you know it really depends on where where the best fit is for for Napoli or not Napoli for Atalanta because to them it's just I mean it's a free chance, right? So I guess wherever wherever Papu Gomez wants to go, I guess and. You know, if he's if he's smart, he doesn't look at the name, but more of the brand that they play and where where does he fit best? Because uh, yep. we've seen many times before where a player, no matter who it is, goes into a team that's not the right fit and just doesn't work out. Right. So he needs to be smart about this as well. But I think Atalanta are going to come off the better out of all this. I think. Yep. Yep. I it it, it certainly seems that way. <sighs> I'd love to see him go to Sassuolo. Oh man, that'd be that'd be how nice. How fun would that? How fun would they be if you plop him in there with with yeah. with the guys around him? Yeah, yeah. So the question is, will he go to one of the big three? Uh, and I'm talking about the top three in the table. I guess you could say Napoli also ends in there too. But Juve, yeah. Inter, or, or, or AC Milan, and that's uh, he, you know, I'm sure I, just, I was looking at that like I don't believe in the fit at Napoli. Um, no. I don't. I, I think that's the least. I don't see with any of those clubs, any of those top four. Honestly, Inter screaming for him. Yes. Um, Inter fans are screaming for him. I don't see that. I mean, I just, I don't, you know, unless, and I, I said this on uh, on Alex's radio show on Friday, unless Inter is going to have him be a support striker to Lukaku, that's the only way it works because he's not a worker midfielder like what Antonio Conte wants. And you're seeing it glaringly obvious that it's not working out with Christian Eriksen, um, you know, for the same reasons. You know, Erickson likes to to be a little bit further forward. He likes to have his energy into the attacking situations and, you know, doesn't want to do all of this extra combative stuff. Um, or I should say he'd rather not. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, I think I, I find Papu Gomez to somewhat be the same way. I've seen him track back. He's not going to go all the way into the penalty area. He's definitely not a guy you're going to have man mark anybody in crossing situations. No. Um, but, you know, I, I, he, he's somebody that needs to be further forward and, you know, as a guy that could move around and get get balls underneath Lukaku and let Lukaku stretch things, or if he gets in position, Lukaku drops balls to him after he holds off defenders, that's where it might make sense, and that's where it might work in terms of Inter. Um, you know, Milan, it, you know, but then it, if you do that, you're, you got to move on from Lotaro or Alexis Sanchez. And in order to make it well, so yeah, in order to make it work, um, Milan. The only way it works is if negotiations fall through with Hakan Chalanolu. Yep. yep. You know, so yeah, I mean, there isn't a, there isn't really a, among the big Serie A teams, there really isn't a quality fit. You know, you're looking at so then you're looking at a place like Sassuolo. Um, if Giampaolo magically stays at Torino <laughs> as a trequartista behind uh, Belotti and yeah, you know yeah. it'll never happen. No, but I'm you know I'm spitballing here. Yeah. Um, well, if it's anything, any consolation, uh, Nima's team over at Sempre Inter said that uh, negotiations have started with Inter at least. Mm-hmm. We'll see if anything comes out of that. I know PSG is interested as well. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see it, wherever that wherever that you know domino falls. It'll be interesting to see how that team uses him. Um, will they use him right or not? Um, it'll be interesting. I don't know. It's the comment I made. Um, the comment that I made to Alex and I said, you know, his probably his his optimal fit, you know, where he can get a lot of mileage is going to La Liga, you know, and going to a team that has been kind of a perennial Europa League team and being that guy that all of a sudden gives them that push into the Champions League, you know, kind of like what you're seeing with what David Silva means right now to Real Sociedad over there. Yeah, you know, and, and and the efforts that they're making and the push that they're making there, you know, and you got to go and look and see. I don't know how you know. I don't know. I don't. I've not nearly watched Granada enough to watch him play to see if he would fit there. Yeah, you know, as an example, but um, a Valencia, you know, for example, um, or a Villarreal, um, you know, as maybe some as maybe some destinations for him, or where they will be willing to adapt their tactics for him too. So. Um, it'll be interesting times, interesting times ahead and, uh, interesting saga here with, with Papu Gomez. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. There were some games last weekend, Richard. A lot of games, a lot of games. Um, yeah. Uh, do we want to start off with what, just want to focus on match week 13, I guess. Yes, sir. All right. Well, let me go ahead and read the scores then. Uh, started off the game started with uh, Fiorentina hosting Hellas Verona. Uh, goal scoring started early in the eighth minute. A penalty. Miguel Veloso would step up the 34-year-old. Would bank it in. one uh, nothing to Hellas, but that lead would last only 11 minutes. When a penalty of their own, uh, Fiorentina and Vlahovic stepped up, made it 1-1. That, unfortunately, would be all the goals in that game. Uh, 1-1 would be that one. Uh, next game, uh, Sampdoria hosting Crotone. Uh, goal scoring started uh, with a, a lovely goal by Damsgaard in the 26th minute. Uh, followed up by Jakob Yankto in the 36th minute. He seems to have found a home at Sampdoria. Uh, just when you thought we're going to halftime by that scoreline, Simi gets a, a goal from the penalty spot to make it 2-1 to one going to the half. Um, that score would remain for about uh, 20 minutes into the second half before Guardiola gets a goal to make it 3-1. That would be the final score. Sampdoria, the hosts, take all three points in that one. Um, the game where Juve was were feeling the mojo was on the road at Parma. Uh, 
a really a, a masterclass in that game by Juventus. Again, this is Parma and Liverani's tactics. Uh, goal scorer turn in the 23rd minute. Kulisevsky uh, made it one nothing. Just three minutes later, Cristiano Ronaldo gets a goal on a lovely leaping header uh, to make it two nothing there. Uh, in the second half, he gets the goal scoring started right away in the 48th minute. Another goal by Ronaldo, and then to cap things off, Morata with a with a strong, powerful header in the 86th, four nothing. Juve win, walking away. Uh, a game that had a potential to be very high scoring uh, was not, but it was still a little bit entertaining too. Uh, it was Torino hosting Bologna. Uh, goal scoring came in really short spurts, but it, you had to wait a long time for the goals to happen. Uh, the first goal would happen in the 69th minute. Uh, Verdi would get the goal to make it 1-0 for Torino, uh, but just nine minutes later, Soriano make it 1-1. That would be the final score in that game. Uh, a relegation six-pointer between Benevento and Genoa. Uh, this would be the game that would cost Maran his job. Uh, goal scoring started in the 57th minute. Insigne, uh, Roberto we're talking about, uh, makes it 1-0. And then uh, just before the end of the match, uh, Musas, uh, Marco Sal gets a goal uh, in the 89th. 2-0 victory. Genoa's, Genoa loses again. Maran is out of a job. Uh, a former team that Maran used to manage, uh, Caleri, they hosted Udinese. Uh, goal of the week candidate, Lico Giannis. Uh, did I get the right, Frank? Lico Giannis? Lico Giannis. All right. He's got a wonderful free kick goal in the 27th minute. one nothing. Uh, but uh, that lead lasted for a good bit until uh, the second half when Kevin Lasagna off a beautiful assist from, uh, I believe it was, uh, Delofeo. Uh, made a 1-1. That would be the final score in that game. A lot of draws in this uh, this match week, Frank. Um, a game that uh, wasn't really necessarily going to be a, a entertaining standpoint from the entertainment standpoint. Um, it was Inter hosting Spezia. It should have been a walkaway victory for Inter, but of course they made it. They made it interesting. Uh, took him until the 51st minute. A goal of the week candidate Hakimi gets a goal uh, off a brilliant cross field pass. Uh, a really well-worked play by Inter, one uh, nothing at that point. Took him a long time to break that Spezia defense. Um, just 20 minutes later, Lukaku would get a goal from the penalty spot, 2-0. Uh, but in the 94th minute, Spezia would get a goal back through Piccoli. Too little, too late. Inter win, 2-1, and continue their assault in trying to catch AC Milan. Speaking of Milan, they were on the road against Sassuolo. This is an interesting game, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, goal scoring started 6.2 seconds into the match. Yes, you heard that right. Rafael Leao gets a goal off the kickoff. Uh, fastest goal in Serie A history. Fastest goal in the top five leagues. Uh, wonderful way to start for for Milan. Um, they would actually make it 2 nothing just seven minutes later. Hakan Chalunolo would get the goal, but the goal would be taken back because of an offsides, apparently, by Salamakers uh, leading up on the buildup of that play. That, get, that goal gets taken away, but Milan will get another goal in the 26th minute. A wonderfully well, wonderfully worked play between uh, Diaz and, and Teo and, and Tonali, not you know not playing on the ball. It's really well done. Salamakers to finish it off. Uh, two nothing at that point. Milan looked like they were in cruise control, but uh, they started seeding uh, possession to, to Sassuolo, and Sassuolo, as they will do, started peppering uh, Donnarumma with shots. It took a good bit though. It wasn't until the 89th minute when Barardi gets a free kick goal, uh, bounces off uh, uh, Hauga, who uh, really kind of should have stayed there solidly on the wall, uh, kind of moved and deflected off of him winning the goal. Two to one at that point. Milan would see it through, but uh, difficult way for them. They went two to one on the road against a difficult opponent for them in, in their history. Uh, two more games, the two biggest games, arguably, in the slate Atalanta hosting Roma. Goal scoring started in the, in the third minute by Edin Dzeko. Looked like Roma were ready to, to 
to fight Atalanta tooth and nail, but uh, it turned to be a one-sided show, Frank. 59th minute, Zapata with a goal of the week candidate. 70th minute, Gosens with a goal off a header. Uh, 72nd minute, Muriel with a goal of the week candidate, completely faking the goalie out of his boots. And then to top it all off, uh, another goal of the week candidate, Ilicic. Uh, Atalanta, they're starting to get back to this goal of the week uh, type stuff with them. 85th minute, 4-1 to route of Roma. What a game by Atalanta. And then rounding it out, another big game, Lazio hosting Napoli. Uh, this is an interesting game to see. Many thought that Napoli would have had a chance to uh, continue their assault and trying to catch the top two. Unfortunately, uh, Lazio came to play in this one. A beautiful goal by Immobile in the ninth minute. And then Luis Alberto with a, a lovely strike for himself in the 56th. 2-0. Lazio win at home against Napoli. Whew, a lot of goals that week for that match week. Uh, where do you want to start with this one? Napoli have dropped six points against direct rivals now in yeah. two straight games. And, and in, in games where they were in control in both games. Um, yeah. Well, they typically, they're typically they a very possession-based team. Yet they're not getting goals. Reina made six saves, which is a feat in itself. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an accomplishment, a performance from him. Um, and again, I think that this was opportunistic Lazio, uh, but th- this is what good teams do. They seize their chances when they're presented, and they did. I mean, they got ten shots. They, but Napoli had sixty-one percent of the possession. They put six shots on target, and I'm not going to. I'm not trying to discount what Lazio did at all. Um, just another game where this uh, um, Napoli team is coming short on cha- on finishing their chances. Um, they're going to a guy like the Pitania has got to start up front. They've got injury problems right now. Lozano gets hurt. Um, Mertens has been hurt. Uh, so, you know, you got that that you're dealing with. Uh, uh, Insigne didn't even play in this game, um, or I'm not seeing him at least. Yeah, he didn't play. Um, so he was out. You know, so, but they still had 61% possession and put six chances on goals. A guy, a guy who's really rounding into really good form is right now is Piotr Zielinski. Yes. Um, which, um, which, if you want to pay 10 9 for Insigne tomorrow, if he plays against Torino, I think Zielinski is only 61. So that would be a stack you could do with, you know, the Roma and the Atalanta stacks that I talked about earlier. But um, a lot of yellows in this game, too. Yeah, this was a very ten- very intense game. I mean, La- Lazio had to have this. They I did. mean, they were they slip. I mean, can you imagine? They'd be on 18 points. They'd be ninth, um, just one in front of Sampdoria. Um, yeah, they needed it. And and, and really in some trouble. Um, so uh, this was an important game for them to get, uh, you know, to get the three points and to have themselves in the conversation because it puts them – Three points out of fourth place right now, currently held by Juve. Um, you know, but there's three teams there on 24. Napoli's there at 24. Roma's there at 24 as well. You got Sassuolo at 23. But um, critical, critical win for Lazio. And it's uh, Simone Inzaghi at it again, getting a win uh, at a critical time. Yeah. Um, Atalanta going out and doing Atalanta things. And I mean, I think this is part of the leverage that Atalanta have. This is the part of the leverage that Gasparini has. Um, you know, because Piscina played the first half, it was a frustrating performance from him in the first half. And then Ilicic comes on and he fixes it, you know, and then you're, you know, um, but I don't, 
Go ahead. I don't think this is a result that many expected, considering the form that both of these teams have been in. Roma have been fantastic with their midfield lately. Atalanta have been up and down. And so to see that result the way it came out um, was shocking to me. And, and obviously, it's full credit to Atalanta. They deserved it with a fantastic way they, they won it. Um, I mean, obviously, they're gonna, they dominated the possession, as you, you would expect. Mm-hmm. Both both keepers had to come up with big saves and stuff, but I mean, they they peppered Roma's you know net had twelve shots I think or something on on, on that mark and eight of them were on target. They they came to play. I I think that after they beat Fiorentina three nil, um, woke them up. I think you know, and after they got, I think ever since the win at IX to get through, I think. It's a it's an Atalanta team that for me is starting to play a little more loose. Um, if I look at them right now, here here against Roma, they outshot they, they outpossessed them, they outshot them fourteen to five uh, in the one one draw, and then and then I think the draw with Juve gave them some confidence too. Yeah. A game that they didn't have a lot of possession, but they got fifteen shots, they got yeah, six they on target. They should have won that game. Should have won that game. Uh, blasted Fiorentina. Um, uh, 3-0 win and it wasn't that close. Outshot him 21 to 4. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think ever since the win at Ajax, it's kind of that got things going for Ladea. And now all of a sudden, seven points in the last three games, four of which came off of Juve and Roma, guys that you're in direct competition for points. So I think they're coming around. I think we're going to get back to seeing Atalanta doing Atalanta things more repeatedly. And the more I, more I think about this, the more I excited I get about for them I, tomorrow against Bologna. I expect them to destroy Bologna tomorrow. Um, yeah. That one could be a runaway. Um, I think if they do, you know, route Bologna, this could be like you said, the return of Atalanta. Because for me, I need to see it more consistent before I can, you know, bring that back. Because they were so dominant last year. Uh, just beating everybody and, and even the games against the big teams, they would uh, just play well and they haven't played well consistently yet. Yeah. Now, you, like you said, this last few games, they're starting to find their fine tune their, their gameplay. Maybe they're shaking off that rust off of that Champions League because it's a long season last year for them. Uh, so, yeah, if they if they walk away, you know, with a big win, I'm gonna be like, okay, look out, rest of Serie A again, right? But yep. uh, to be determined, let's see what let's see what Bologna shows up. It's never easy with Mahalovic's men. Uh, they got a good squad there, so yeah, uh, I'll definitely tune into that game. It's gonna be goals in there, I think. I think four at a minimum that game. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Cagliari Udinese game had twenty five shots in it. Torino Bologna game. Torino Bologna had thirty. Um, you know, so it's not for the lack of producing chances. Yeah. Um, Skin in the net. That's yeah. That's for them. Yep. Uh, this uh, Vanya Malinkovic Savic. Basically helped Torino get the point uh, against Bologna. Uh, he made five key saves in this game. Uh, the one he didn't make, he got nutmegged uh, by Soriano. So that was that was a pity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm you know just kind of going through the rest of these. Benevento getting another win. I mean, Genoa was just Genoa was just dismal at this point. And Moran deserved to be sacked, and 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 they couldn't have done it fast enough. Yeah. So. Do we know who's – we don't know who's going to get that gig now? No, but I'll see if I can find something on, in this podcast before uh, before we're done that we can find a name. That would be interesting. I Because it's it's obviously a, a Serie A fixture. 
It's actually it is Belladini. Is it? Okay. Yep. I saw his picture today, but I wasn't sure if that was because he got linked to the job or, or got the job or what. So okay. Yep. Um, and you know what you're gonna get with him. We've seen yep. it in the past. They're gonna grind. Yep. Um, they're gonna grind you down. Uh, and they're gonna they're gonna give you chances. They're gonna let you cross. They're gonna keep it all in front of you, and then they're gonna hope that they can hit on the break. Now, can he continue the development of Skamaka? Because yep. that is your best chance of doing anything going forward. Matia Destro, even though he got a brace against Milan, he's still terrible. Okay. Um, I can't believe he got this, a brace against, um, against Milan. That's 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 just that's 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Seriously. Oh my goodness. I'm looking at this Eldor uh, Shamuradov as well. He's gonna and, be. They need to find a way to use him and Skamaka. I think he's useful. Yes. Um, he's he's Uzbe- he's Uzbeki. That's right. I didn't realize that. Premier Liga, is that where he played last year? He played for Rostov last season. Yep. And he had 11 goals in 28 games for them. Yeah, he's a decent player for them. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're making, you know, this isn't the Russian league, though, you know, and there is an adaptation. Um, But if he can learn quickly, I mean, the dynamic of him and and, and Skamaka in a kind of a a counterattacking situation could provide some promise. Uh, So we'll see what – I expect Genoa to be better. Yeah, and the good news for Genoa is that they're only four points out of the drop. You know, it's with so early in the season, yeah, it's so yeah, early. way too early in the season. This Parma team isn't very good under yeah. Liberani. He'll be um, you know, so there are some teams that you can attack and 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 really work your way out of. And if you know Torino and Crotone as well, you know, it's it's still it's still there for them to be able to to make a dent in this and start to start to put it together. Um, I see uh, Miguel in the comments second saying, uh, bring Skamaka to Milan. And my question to Miguel is, do you want him in Milan after what happened with Piantic? Are you afraid that you may have uh, could get spoiled goods and get someone? We're done with Genoa being our farm team, I think. (laughs) I I, I think so. I mean, I would love that Skamaka. I think he's great, but I don't know. I'm still a little iffy after that Piantic fiasco. So, and it wasn't his fault. It was was a a confluence of events, but uh, yeah. He's, he seems like he could be a special player for Genoa. And I think they need to find a way for him and and Fedor uh, to get him uh, Fedor to get him going because uh, those are the two guys probably out of anybody else they have that could really be a catalyst for them to kind of get out of the drop. Uh, which says only four points at the moment. So he's an exciting player, but I think it's just good form right now. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll have to see. Um, but uh, let me just see what other notes that I had. Uh, Spezia took the game to Inter. Yes. Inter just, you know, when they can counter and Hakimi can get behind just about anybody, forget about it. Um, so, so brilliantly done, too. Spezia just doesn't have anybody that can deal with that. Um, and, uh, you know, Spezia kept the ball. It was Inter played a counterattacking game. Conte went for that against Spezia and just shows you the depth of what Inter can do. There are games where they'll boss it and they'll have it going forward. But then, you know, when you least expect it against a team like Spezia, they'll say, hey, here, have the ball because – you know, if we've got you get committing guys going forward, we know you're terrible at the back, and we've got the guys that'll just get right in behind you, and yep. and we'll get our chances that way. So, uh, good tactics by Conte. Uh, let's uh, let's talk let's talk about our cousins there at, at Inter because they're obviously on a good run at the moment. They're what six yeah. wins in a row. Um, many, I, I saw a lot of comments about Interisti saying, "Oh, has ta- Conte's tactics changed at all?" And I'm like, 
from an outsider, and this is at least from my perspective, I don't think much has changed. I think he, maybe he's fine-tuning things here and there, but I think he's finally found the team that he wants to play with, and they're getting results now. They're putting goals in the back of the net. Uh, they're stopping goals. Uh, I don't know if much has changed with Inter over the last six games compared to previously other than consistency. Um, it's the same. I don't think Conte has changed at all. I think it's it's just the fact that I think we're getting a good, good run of results now with Inter, and they've this whole time they've been in the second spot. Uh, they've been up there, and, and finally, Interista are probably maybe just seeing it now. That hey, okay, maybe this is going to work. You know, we are getting the points against the teams we should be. We can't beat everybody, but we should be most teams, and I think they're doing that now. Anytime, anytime you have a, you're a big club and you bring in a lot of play. I mean, we also got to remember, and I'm going to continue to make this argument. You know, there wasn't much. There was hardly a preseason for these teams. And Inter brought over a lot of players. Juve brought over a, a lot of new players. Those two teams made a lot of changes. So I think in their case, you had to expect, you know, in the case of Juve having a new coach, you have to understand that there's going to be an adaptation period and you're not going to win right away. While these, um, while these transfers and these arrivals are all appealing and they're all wonderful, there is an adaptation period. There is a time to gel. There is a time for the manager to figure out the right mix. And I mean – <clears throat> we're old enough to remember when he thought Kolarov was a good defender in that back three. And since then, Kolarov can't even get on the pitch. Bastoni's got the job now. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's making adjustments like that and realizing that that's the, that's your best way to go. It's making, it's realizing that you don't need Erickson in the support in the attack midfield role of a three, four, one, two, because you've got passing qualities in Nicolo Borella, and he'll do the dirty work at the same time. Um, it's Hakimi getting acclimated to a new league. It's Ashley Young somewhat getting acclimated. He's played, even though he played last season, um, and getting that right mix. And yeah, he's got a mix of players. He's got a system. He's making Bobby Gags look halfway decent. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love that too. I'm using that all the time. Um, <laughs> even though the guy still can't score sitters. Um, but, you know, so he, he's got he's got it figured out. He's got it the way he wants to. That's why I think they're going to beat Verona tomorrow. You know, because I think as when that happens, the team just starts playing with the confidence too. Um, you know, so that's what I'm seeing with this Inter team. And, you know, it's the same thing with Juve. And, 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 and Juve had a horrible day today, and a lot of it compounded by that, by that red card. Um, but... It took a little bit for Pirlo to get it all put together the way he wanted. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if you just look at the 4-0 win over uh, Parma, I mean, this might be his best – this is one of his best teams. He didn't have Cuadrado starting. He had Kulashevsky, but you could interchange those guys. His midfield of Benton – Benton has been great. He was great when the league restarted, um, and he's a guy that you need to have out there. McKenney has, has, has adapted quicker than everybody expected. Um, you know, to life in, in Italy. And then, um, and you, and you know, I got Aaron Ramsey when he's been called upon, he's putting in good performances. Yeah. So, you know, Pirlo's got, got this figured out, you know, to, you know, today, notwithstanding, you know, and now that they've got it figured out, these are two teams that are going to go on a run and they're going to get themselves to the top of the table as we all predicted they would be. Exactly. Exactly. Let me, let me ask you a question. Cause I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the Anglo Italian connection today. Yeah. Uh, I was forced to take five shots because I got questions wrong, but that's beside the point. Uh, the question they brought up to me, which is an interesting one. And I, and I don't know how many Milanisti and Interisti are on in the chat. I love that for them to chime in, but who, if, 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 you know, who would you choose as a, you had one spot left in the Azzurri? 
right? The central defender, would it be Romagnoli or Bastoni? And why? Wow. Yeah. So I said basically on current form. Um, I got to say Bastoni, Bastoni on current form. Bastoni on current form, exactly. Well, that's what I said. I said because yeah. right now he's playing more consistently. He's got a lot of upside. Romagnoli still shaking the cobwebs off. On the in the long run, probably be Romagnoli. Uh, the long run being like the tournament. But I mean, if it was like for the next ten years, I would say Bastoni probably, um, maybe. Um, but I think uh, based on current form, it's got to be Bastoni. And like I said, if you gave it another, you know, a few months. Romagnoli and Kiar back together. Romagnoli's confidence is going to go through the roof, and then you'd want him back in. But at the time being, I would say Bastoni. Yeah. Uh, Miguel is agreeing with that too. He's saying Bastoni as well. And we've seen this kid is this kid has really come out of nowhere and really played to the level that Inter were hoping for. He play he's a three back defender, so it'd be interesting to see him in the back four versus a back three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think at the moment, many people would agree that Bastonia, Nathan's also saying the same thing, Bastonia. And I, I, I think that's a difficult decision for Milanisi to say, but it's, it's an, it's an accurate one. I think and when it comes to Italy, it's not hard for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't want the best. I want, I want the best possible team that Italy can put together exactly. and I, I'm okay. You know, I'm not like some of these Lazio dipshits who, Oh, it's gotta be a Mobley. He <laughs> scores all these goals in city. Oh, he's gonna Shut up. God. Yeah. it's it's fit and system and 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 there's a lot more to it yes you know um exactly you know, just form and it's just like these lots some of these lazio guys not jerry jerry's not doing this no but there's lots of guys out there that's that swear that immobile has to be italy's number nine uh, though, I love, but, though i love giving it to jerry because i keep telling him casado is better than immobile every time <laughs> like, he's better <laughs> Yeah, you know, if Inzaghi flipped their roles, Caicedo would be scoring all of those goals. That's right. So, that's right. <laughs> Hi, Jerry. We're doing. Don't know what we're doing here. Um, so, I, you know, that's a good roundup. And Napoli are just. I think we just had two games where they're unlucky. This is a Napoli team that could very easily be sitting on thirty points and in second place. You know, from these two games against Inter and, and Lazio, I and just hey, wanted to got, come back to them. For a minute. They got three points. Really, there is a wash today for them because they got three points back. They got their point back. Yeah, their point back. Excuse me. And uh, now they're now they're sitting technically in third place. I mean, like, look at them. Uh, despite yeah. the loss, had they won, they would have been that much closer to Inter and Milan. Inter and Milan. Um, but yeah, it, it's a little bit of a rut for them. I still think this is a really good team. And once they get their pieces back, you mentioned many injuries. A lot of teams are going through this injury crisis at the moment. We're seeing. Yeah. We're starting to see what they're made of. Milan's coming through in, in flying colors. Napoli and some other teams are struggling just a bit. Sassuolo as well. Uh, so once these guys get their team, their full teams back, they'll be, you know, going back up the charts. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not down on Napoli yet. I still think this is a fantastic team. Once Osiman's back and some of these other key guys, um, look out. Uh, George has uh, been in the chat and he's been nice and he said, "Damn it, Caliari scores some more goals." So let's give Caliari some love. Um, I'll try. While we're out of here and try to de- try to discuss what's going on with them. Yeah, I mean, twelve shots against Udinese, you know, and and just the free kick by Lico John is an excellent one. It's in my top five. Yeah, um, he's been a fine for them, huh? He's been, he's been scoring. He's been coming up with nice free kicks lately, um, and good play overall. It just you know some of the rest of these players. So Teal, I like, I like the lineup. I, I like his. I like the team. I, I I like. I actually I like them a lot. They're borderline underachieving at the moment. Um, that's a goalkeeper and Carano. Yeah, they've got an excellent goal, goalkeeper in Carano. Godin and, and, and they had Carboni uh, starting this game. Uh, Velukovic wasn't even available on the bench. He must have an in, must be injured. 
Um, you know, he's another young, decent defender. And I, I like Michael Jonas as well. I like Michael Jonas as well, watching him a handful of times. You know, you've got a good interchangeable mix of midfielders who I might add, I would not be shocked in January to see Raja Nainggolan back there. Inter's already said that uh, nine. it sounds like Inter are ready to part with him. Um, he just can't get on the pitch for Inter right now, and it's understandably so. And I could see a – Cagliari is just the most obvious place for him to go back to. Go back and play, uh, you know, where he made his bones. I believe it's, it's, it's his sister right now that's that with the cancer, right? Was that was – that, uh, or was it his wife? I think it was his wife, but I can't was remember. Yeah, someone else had okay. a sister. Okay, but he's you know to get him back there, and and more importantly, have him playing for Di Francesco, who, I mean, turned him into a helped turn him into a beast at Roma. Um, you know, I mean, I, Spalletti had something to do with that too. Uh, but 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 uh, under Di Francesco, he he started to find his way a little bit too. So um, they're in a situation too with a new manager as well, trying to get still again acclimated with to him. And I, like you mentioned, they got so many good players there. They should be doing a lot better. And I think it's just a matter of time for uh, they start clicking together once they start getting more used to each other. Like you said, no preseason. Um, hopefully they can start turning things around because there are some decent players there. And we know how difficult it is to make that that trip to the island. Um, and George confirmed it was the wife. Uh, yep. So, yeah, you know, we, I expect a lot more out of Cagliari. And defensively, they need to give Carano some help. They can't expect them to make, you know, 12 to 15 saves a game uh, to try to come yeah. out with one victory. So, um, don't run this guy ragged. He's a future, you know, a future Azzurri player, not necessarily starter uh, with Donnarumma. But um, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of good players on this team from from back to front, really. Uh, I mean, Simeone's coming off the bench right now lately, so Pavoletti's been, you know, the one getting the main starting role. So yeah, it's I don't know. It's just need more time, and hopefully they can stay afloat, stay in the middle there until they get their feet, you know, set. I guess. George, how about it? Would you uh, welcome Nangalan home? Wait to hear what he has to say about that. Yeah, he's George says got to give the coach one full season before picking the team apart and see what's wrong. I agree. Fair, I agree. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I think it's just a lack of goals right now because I mean the pieces are there. There's a, there's talent in this team, you know, to be better than 13th at the moment. Um, and they they concede some goals at bad moments. Um, they they score some good ones when they're called upon, and they're, the quality's there to score. Uh, Joao Pedro has been a mainstay there. Obviously, you said Pavoletti, Simeone. Uh, I, I quite like this Ricardo Sotil. Uh, I the do. more I watch him, I do. Nanda uh, is pretty good. Rogue has his day. Yep. Um, and like you mentioned, some of the defenders that they have, and Diego Godin as well. Uh, it's a decent team. It's a pretty decent team, and so um, I expect a lot more out of them. And hopefully, they do figure this out and start making it more difficult for opponents. I like Nandez. I, he's, you know, he'll he can play a lot. He can play a lot of different positions within that midfield. Yeah. Um, just a useful player to have. He says, "Oh, absolutely, yeah." Nangalan, it's yeah. the most natural thing that should happen in January if he's leaving Inter. That's exact. Yeah. That's the. There's there's no other team in should be vying for his services. Just you should go back to Sardinia. Yep. So, um, we talked spent more time talking about Nangalan than we thought we would. Can you believe that three years ago? We're talking about him being a potentially a world class midfielder, and three years later, we're talking about him That's being so good. We're still talking about him three years later. Yeah, at the end of things, and talking about him just just go back to Calidy. Yeah, you know, go back where you're going to be appreciated. So, absolutely. Goals of the week. Um, I'll go first. Uh, Rafael Leao is my goal of the week. Number one. Um, just this <laughs> is six point seven seconds into the game. Uh, a record. I think we have to recognize that. Yes. You know. 
Um, even though some of the goals beneath it are of you know greater quality and highlight reel. Uh, number two, Josip Ilicic just weaving through Roma uh, on the way to the fourth. I mean, he just bossed that game the second he came on. Um, Luis Alberto's goal against uh, Napoli comes in for number three. Just a really nice finish after being played in by Immobile. Um, Lico Giannis's free kick for Cagliari comes in at number four, and I'll take that blast from Duan Zapata at number five. Okay, mine is going to be uh... – Mix. So there's so many games. Obviously, we're talking about match week 13, but there were, you know, ha- we played some games today. There's uh, some games on Thursday after we wrapped up on our podcast. So I just took all the games and whatever the best goals I saw. So uh, coming to number five, most of them are from this weekend, but uh, number five is Zapata, his blast uh, in the game. What a strike by him. And just, I mean, the goal had no chance. Even if he guessed it right, there was no chance. Uh, just a rocket by him. Uh, number four, I'm actually going with Ilicic in number four. Uh, it was a great goal. Uh, I mean, he's doing Illichich things. That's a lot of things against the defense. I mean, he went by four guys and, and finished the ball off with a goal. Um, really, really well done there. Uh, number three for me, shockingly, is Leao's goal. Uh, great goal. Really super fast record. Top five fastest goal or fastest goal in the top five leagues. Fastest goal in Serie A history. Uh, great, great goal. But I like Musa Barro's chip uh, in, the, in the game against Spezia. A little bit more. That was from the last last match week, half week or whatever you want to call it. Um, it was a really great goal over the keeper. I mean, it was instant instant reaction by him and wonderfully done. And from that same game, I'm going to give love to the goalkeeper uh, for Spezia Provedel. Um, it was a 2-2 game. Penalty kick in the 97th minute. Musabaro steps up and he saves it to make the game, to keep it at 2-2 as opposed to a win for Bologna. That's what that was fantastic save. A crucial moment for him. It wasn't it wasn't Ragowski, it wasn't Chesney, it wasn't other big names. It was a, a guy we don't know about, Provadel. So I'm giving him props for that. So he's my number one. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Winners and losers this week. Um, well, I mean, it, it's 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 so rare when we can call Juventus a loser. <laughs> That's they had a bad day i mean daniel powder when he when he when he came out and and and, and uh, wrote the lyrics for that song this is exactly what the that that song is is going towards so yeah. um we actually should have broke into the the intro instead of doing giuseppe verdi we should have had that playing no we should have maybe i can put it into the podcast huh yeah give that a go so um you know, winner for me, um, I, Atalanta. I think the traje- I think they're in the trajectory. I think they're showing why that Papu Gomez's services will not terribly be missed. Um, I, I, I am walking on eggshells saying that. By the way, uh, I don't need Atalanta supporters now breathing down my neck about this. But um, you know, with with some of the quality and some of the other players that they have at their disposal. Um, they're proving that they can do it without them. And, uh, you know, like I said, seven points from their last three Serie A games um, and in convincing fashion in their two wins, one of them being Roma, drawing a Juventus that they probably should have beaten. Um, uh, Atalanta are back in our lives, boys and girls, and um, they're going to make this, they're going to make a very open championship even more interesting. Yes, they certainly are. It's definitely going to make it more uh Eye-opening race, I think, even more so than it is. It's going to be even crazier. Uh, my winners of the week, um, I'm well. Let's go. Let's go, loser. My loser of the week. It's uh, even though you picked on Juventus, I'll go with someone else this time. I'm going to say Rolando Maran. Uh, his uh, his time at Genoa is no longer no panatone for him. Uh, Genoa is getting off to a torrid start. 
uh, so far. And so with that loss, 2-0 to Benevento, he loses his job. Baladini comes in. Uh, so he's my loser of the week. And almost you can almost say Genoa is the winner of the week because of that. But uh, my winner of the week, since he went Atalanta, I'm going to go Lazio. A big 2 nothing win against Napoli. Yeah. Um, they needed it, as you mentioned. If they hadn't, they would have been a lot lower in the standings. And now they got a little bit of a, a lot of confidence going into a game against Milan tomorrow, uh, where anything can happen. They can certainly pull off a victory with the talent that they have. Uh, so a much needed, very well timed win for them. Uh, so Lazio is my winners of the week. Awesome stuff. Who were your winners and losers of the week? Who was your goal of the week? Uh, at City, I sit down on Twitter or Instagram, and now. For the moment, we have all been waiting for um, the uh, world's most popular hash game. Hash, hash game. Hash game. <laughs> Are you on hash? I'm not even on the hash, and I'm saying it. Wow. Hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Eat your heart out. Uh, that, that that Comedy Central show. Is that even still on? I think it was called like Hashtag Midnight or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. They're playing like hashtag games. Yeah. So, um. This is taking over. Uh, we begin with uh, uh, one that I was proud to nominate, our friend Uncle Sharma at R Sharms, S-H-A-R-M-Z-Z. Looks like Barella tried telling Conte he's too tired to play. <laughs> I got a black eye for it. Got a nice little shiner going on there. So oh, that's Not great. too smart. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, next one comes from Alistair McKenzie. Um, he says, um, so the comment was, uh, he made a comment saying, Torino hit the bar, and you said, what are they drinking? And you said, probably not gin, because Giampaolo can't find the tonic. <laughs> it was well played by our friend Alistair well McKenzie. Played. Very well played. Well played. Okay, um, this is not a Calcio who won Calcio Twitter, but uh, at Spurs official gets on the board. Uh, Hyungmin mom, Hyungmin son, Hyungmin dad. <laughs> I thought that was really well done by Tottenham. Uh, uh, this is not qualified to win. It's just kind of an honorable mention. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. You're not allowing an EPL club to win. That's right. Hashtag game. Uh, all right. Next one comes in from Muja again. Muj Mudded at M O O J M U D D E D. Gasparini to Papa Gomez after dropping him from the roster. You're a horrible little person. <laughs> Where is this? Why, why, am I miss, why am I missing that? Oh, I don't know. Come from Giovanni Giovanni Milano uh, uh, nominated it. <laughs> Hang on, I'm I'm not finding that on my screen. How am I not finding that? Well, I'm sharing it, Frank. I don't know. Okay, why don't you? I mean, you've got to you 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 you. you oh, you know why? Ahead. You know why? Because it wasn't uh, retweeted by us. That's why. Oh, that's okay. why it wasn't there. Oh, I'll retweet it there. Here you go. So now maybe it'll come up. Uh, let's see. Next one coming up is. Uh, <laughs> uh nick for our friend nick from uh the culture guys he nominated me uh, he put marata one goal two assists today and i did the tweet of the uh the fireman from uh fantastic four who won couch on twitter thank you uh that's appreciated but i don't think that was worthy enough of it, of it for so yeah we've had funnier <laughs> i've had funnier you know? uh, <laughs> you've, you've had funnier you've had funnier on the air here so this is true this is true uh do you see scott monroe's you want to do scott monroe's Hang on here. Yep, I think I can do. Yeah, I see Scott Monroe's here. All right, so uh, at Scott under Mo, underscore Monroe. Yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. Hashtag Parma Juve. <laughs> a lot of memes came from this one. That's what I. That's what we picked. But there was a few of them that was pretty funny, actually. Uh, let's see. Ah, here we go. Another one. Uncle Sharma putting our attention. 
This comes from Paris Snitch at S N A J A T H S. Uh, Lukaku lasagna partnership be like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's very well done. <laughs> I'm going to tell him to lay off the uh, lay off lay off the lasagna. I thought that was a Photoshop of a uh, Patania for a minute. <laughs> what do you have more than I do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this is crazy. This is funny. Well, while you try to figure that out, I'll, I'll do the next one. The next one's from Gianluca at Gianluca six one seven, and it's a picture of Nedved pissed off after the non red card, non penalty call, and he says, uh, "When you got to take a shit before dessert comes." <laughs> He's storming off. The- <laughs> <laughs> Who is that from? Uh, Gianluca at Gianluca six one seven. Oh, that was great. <laughs> uh, you see anything else that I miss? Hang on a second here. Why am I? All right, hold on now. Um, all right, I think yeah, I think I'm uh, I think I'm updated here. Just yeah, that's the one from. Okay, I see I see that one here. Let me just see. Yeah, that's brilliant from uh, at Wesley Victor M. Uh, when you got or from Gianluca six seventeen. When you got to take a shit before dessert comes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, that's a late entry, but that's worth it right there. Uh, all right, I saw that. Unless you got something else. Um. Nope. I think that uh, I think that's it. So we got to pick a winner out of this, don't we? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, that last one gave me a lot of a lot of chuckles there. I'm gonna go with that one from Gianluca. How about you? Yeah, I'm going with that too. Um, that's well played. I mean, I think we just I think it just adds to the theme of the event. Yes, I think so. Uh, so I will uh, go ahead and start. Uh, congratulations at Gianluca. Six one seven. Six one seven on winning this week's edition of Who Won Calcio Twitter. Uh, uh, Uncle Sharma uh, just falling short again. Uh, I, I loved it though. The Barilla Black Eye. That, that was did. funny. That was funny. And also um, the uh, Paris Snitch one with a uh, uh, Lukaku lasagna combination. <laughs> that was that was good. That was good. Got to give it up. Uh, Got to give it up to that. So. Uh, let me tag uh, the show and let me tag you on this. So um, let's see. Seeing more people pissed off than me makes me feel better. than <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, for sure. Great. For sure. That's great. All right. So, yeah. So Jan- at Gianluca617 uh, wins this week's edition of Who Won Calcio Twitter. Keep those coming. We'll keep popping them up. And on the next podcast, we'll go over all of them and pick the next winner. Um, man, we're having too much fun with this. There have been some brilliant ones, too. I don't know. I mean, we're wrapping up uh, uh, 2020 here soon. Um, do a season so far best of? Uh, for who won Calcio Twitter? Yeah. yeah. We probably should. We probably should yeah. just put together all the winners and decide which one's the uh, the winner for 2020. Kind of our the Ballon d'Or of who won Calcio Twitter. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I think we can do that. I think we can hook that up for the next podcast. That's so, interesting. Yeah. There might be some people that have to make some like, you know, and, 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 you know, I think we could even qualify anything that comes this week to next week. I mean, right off the top of my head, trying to think which ones get there. Um, uh, uh, Martino Puccio's video, yeah. that's, that's gotta be up there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, the originator, the, super funny. I can't remember what it is right now, but I remember the, he had a super funny one. The Didi away with his, you know, player he hates from every team, which is what, which is what inspired this. I Andrew think Haiti was a good, really good one. What the fuck y'all happy about? 
that, that one was great. Um, uh, last week's with the cartoon sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I think I think all of those are in play. Um, I think all of those are in play. I think we're going to have holidays, a George. <laughs> yeah, George. Happy holidays, my friend. Uh, be well. Uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the season. So yeah, we'll have some fun with that next week or whenever we do that. So yeah, yeah, I think we can have a uh, a, a who won Calcio Twitter of the uh, and we'll have to do to make it work is is we'll have to retweet all of these so that they're all in a row and yeah, um, you know, maybe we can do we a do. giveaway or something, you know, for the winner just for the half for the six month or whatever the half. You think the guys at Hardcore Italians would? We can uh, we can find out. Yeah, we're we like talking about this publicly about <laughs> put, them on, put them on the spot, you know. You, they can have my Paisan shirt. <laughs> I haven't washed it yet, so it's all right. It's authentic. But this is the only time I wear it, so you know it's not like I'm shirt. I may have an extra shirt. Yeah. Okay. We can. Yeah. Let's let's uh, see if we can hook up some swag. Uh, you know, maybe we can talk to the folks at Hardcore Italians and see if they want to pony up for that. So um, that might be a fun way to do it. We we'll we'll talk about it. I mean, we're talking about it publicly here on the podcast. They might have to now. Oops. Rohit Rajiv, end of the Juve dynasty. No, not yet. They just had a bad day today. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. So Napoli too. Napoli too. Napoli just needs to uh win these games that they should be winning. So yeah. they're playing well enough to win them. They just got to finish them off. So and with that, we're going to put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down. Uh, Richard, shameless plug time. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to the uh, for the gentleman over at the Anglo Italian Connection. Uh, they're doing actually a fun little podcast where they get uh, uh, fans from each of the teams of Serie A, and then they ask them five questions. You get them wrong, you take a shot. You get them right, they take a shot. Uh, I was forced to take five shots today. Ooh, brutal. Is that why you're all shined up tonight? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they're, they're awesome guys, and uh, definitely give them a follow and check out. Uh, good dudes there. Um, and then, as always, you can follow us at City uh, Sit Down. You know, you'll all the names are right here just below us, and obviously YouTube as well. And watch some videos. We'll try to put some more as we get out there. Uh, not just the podcast stuff, but some other stuff too. So, yeah. I'm at FTC underscore 21. Um, I just did a radio interview on Friday with Alex. We got to get Alex to do our podcast with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex, if you're listening, we're going to try to get you on here soon. But um, but uh, check out his radio show, uh, Man of the Match Radio at Onside Radio. That's uh, based in South Florida, based in Miami. They, they do a lot of the Miami sports scene. Uh, so if you're into those teams, if you're into the – Miami Dolphins, Miami Hurricanes. Uh, they talk about them. Alex, by the way, Miami football. Just, just be the U. Get back to that. It, like, college football is more fun when the U is in is in our world, and and it's and it's and, and we need it. <laughs> I think he says it's not going to happen. So, but anyway, um, uh, sit yeah, sit down. Uh, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you can find podcasts, you can find Serie A Sit Down. So uh, please go subscribe. Give us five-star ratings. Give us five-star ratings on all of them. It boosts our profile, and we'd appreciate it very much, and it costs you nothing to do. Um, at Serie A Sit Down on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook and also on this YouTube channel. Uh, if you're watching this video for the first time and like what you see, please subscribe. Please drop a like, and the subscription will get you well. It will get you notifications of when we're on again. That's really all it does. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, which which you're going to want because uh, 
because we're going to drop the uh, only we only us can drop the knowledge that you uh, that you get uh, in Serie A. Uh, so, um, chat. Thank you very much, all of you. May you all have a Merry Christmas. May you all enjoy your holidays. Uh, may may you all find some uh, downtime uh, here um, over these uh, over these next couple of weeks and uh, be able to enjoy some family, some friends, uh, but in, in in small crowds, small crowds. We're supposed to follow the rules now, so be smart about it. Um, but uh, until then, uh, we'll be back. We're going to be back next week. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? We're going to do a best of Who Won Calcio Twitter next week, uh, among some other things. Uh, it's a little too early to do uh, Squadra Finora. It's only going to be about 14 match weeks in. So, yeah. uh, But we will uh, we'll put together something and uh, be available for everybody. So uh, until then, uh, happy holidays for Richard. I'm Frank. And as always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao. Ciao.